Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello Buglers, and welcome to the first sub-episode of our summer hiatus 2022. The hiatus came, I will admit, a week earlier than experts had anticipated due to arguably anticipatable circumstances such as me, Andy Zaltzman, being subsumed by the international cricket schedule to a point where I was unable to say anything other than numbers. We will be back at the end of August for the final chunderings of the Conservative Party Prime Minister picking Democratic Travesty Fest, plus whatever else is going on in the known universe at the time. If you are at the Edinburgh Festival in August, don't forget to go and see all the Bugle co-hosts performing there, including Alice Fraser, Tiff Stevenson, Nish Kumar, James Nakiso, Neil Delamere, David O'Doherty, and uh, no doubt other co-hosts, past, present and future. I think I've covered it there. And also don't forget to book your tickets for the Bugle 15th anniversary micro-tour dates in London on the 15th of October, Birmingham on the 27th, Glasgow on the 30th, and Dublin on the 3rd of November. Plus, I'm doing some extra Saturdays for Hire shows in November. Details on the internet, or by simply communing with a higher realm, whichever is easier. You go to my website, andysaltzman.co.uk, where you will find links. In the meantime, our summer hiatus sub-episodes. We'll be bringing you, over the next few weeks, the best of the bin, highlights of Google's legendary, if we may stretch language, to the point of pointlessness section in the bin. It has filled up with unwanted garbage since 2007. And we'll have something from the Bugle's glossy magazine sister publication, The Gargle. But to start you off this week, as we build up to our 15th anniversary live shows, we have the best of The Bugle Live. Soon after the podcast's rebirth in 2016, the first Bugle live show clattered into existence at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival of 2017, since when the live shows have provided, well, let's just say, sporadic entertainment to crowds of less than a billion on several of the world's most famous continents. Here, then, are some of the finest moments from half a decade of full three-dimensional buglage, presented to you now in zero dimensions. Chris, hit the theme tune! <laughs> The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. (laughs) Right. Right. Is that progress? Um... So, uh... So this is now the official start of the show. Hello, Buglers! Hello, people who are not buglers. <laughs> Hello, people who are slightly confused about what is now happening. So, uh, welcome, uh, welcome. So this, for our listeners uh, not here, is uh, Bugle 4079. We are live at the End of the Road Festival at the Llama Tree uh, in Dorset. It is now uh, <laughs> one minute to midnight. <laughs> Funny o'clock. Um, <laughs> and uh, and this, a number of firsts. For, for this podcast, uh, for the first time in our proud history, The Bugle is headlining a music festival. <laughs> um, now, I mean, it does slightly yeah, depend... that, St Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> if you really are a saint. <laughs> is, she, is she a real saint? Because, I mean, she must have fiddled the paperwork, because usually you've got to be pretty much dead, haven't you? To... She's not even a real Vincent. <laughs> This is the first ever bugle to be performed outside. Uh, traditionally, it's very much been an indoor kind of show. Uh, but today, we join the huge list of things that have happened outside. 
A number of amazing things have happened outside through human history. For example, the Battle of Waterloo. <laughs> the wipeout of the dinosaurs. <laughs> Most cricket matches. <laughs> all the, the good ones. Yep. All the, all the good ones. Absolutely all the good ones. The assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Um, let's just hope... Let's just hope there's no repeats of something happening outdoors leading to a catastrophic mass conflict whose echoes repercuss to this day. Another great outside event, the crucifixion of a Mr. J.H. Christ, former assistant managing director of Joseph and Stepson Carpentry Woodwork and Donkey Riding PLC. Also uh, outside, precisely 50% of all poping has happened outside. Did you know that? Popes have a rare chemical in their bodies. It's uh, Catholic Catholicium popiosum. And that means if they don't do, don't do exactly half of their poping al fresco, they become Jewish. How can you not pronounce something you just made up? <laughs> Shh, don't give the game away, Alan. <laughs> Um, the, and we are now separate from some of the things that have only ever happened inside as well, including the finals of the World Snooker Championships, all of which have happened under a roof. The painting of the Sistine Chapel ceiling <laughs> happened uh, inside, and also all of Theresa May's picnics. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything more heartbreaking than a Prime Minister having an indoor picnic on her own, but... Look at her face. She definitely does. I think she has a weekly solitary indoor picnic. <laughs> Isn't that just known as a meal? <laughs> Don't come at me with your science. <laughs> so, top story this week. Are you happy with the world, generally? No. no? Out of ten, how do you score the world right now? Two, four, three. Dog shit, dog shit out of ten. Just, uh, and eight. It's about a, but on the plus side, there's a, a story of great positivity this week, and that is that we are now at war with France. Uh, one, two, three, four. We have declared scallop war, and I don't know if you've seen this, but British boats and French boats have been clashing in the Channel in a battle about scallops. I mean, it's just 213 years since the Battle of Trafalgar, so it's really just running on in, in the grand scheme of things. So this is, uh, so British boats uh, uh, appeared off the coast of Normandy. See how you like it, you Norman bastards! That's for what you did to King Harold. Um, never forget. Uh, uh, there were also, so around 40 small French boats clashed with five larger British boats. The boats bumped each other. Stones were thrown... And, uh, sorry if there's any children, in insults were hurled and up to 10,000 people were killed or injured. <laughs> uh, up to being the key words there. It was fewer than... It was 10,000 fewer than 10,000, but still. And in the middle of this, some heartbroken scallops were screaming, I don't know who to love! I just want to be cooked in the tastiest way possible. I mean, the boats on both sides threw stones at one another. Where are they getting the stones? On a boat. That is, they are the least floaty thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. The uh, UK fishermen are now demanding government protection while the French are bewailing the loss of what they call a primary resource, which I assume is that. <laughs> Does that not scream primary resource to you? To me, it's very hard to eat a scallop these days without thinking to yourself... 
Aphrodite, you are not what you once were. <laughs> so I don't know what you thought of this. I mean, I thought when it came, came to the fishermen, personally, with all these skeletons, I, I thought they were being a little bit, little bit shellfish. Oh, f***ing hell. Sorry. Well, Sorry. I mean, in this kind of conflict, the one who wins is the one who ends up with the most muscles, right? <laughs> Boom, there we go. Do uh, my uh, local Chinese restaurant run out of scallops because of this uh, this uh, story because of this 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 battle? Uh, the owner had visited from Shanghai specially for a scallop and black bean sauce dish. He was very very disappointed. Really, very absolutely uh, crestfallen. He really was a crustacean. Crustacean. Sorry. Uh, tough guy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, welcome. Uh, welcome to uh, to the Bugle Live. It's very exciting to be here uh, in uh, Dublin. This is the second and final night of the Bugle European Tour. We were in Salford last night. Dublin tonight. <laughs> um, Dublin up, quite literally. Coming to you live from the Sugar Club here in Dublin and also doubling up as issue 4083 of the Bugle. Uh, as I said, we were in Salford last night uh, and we are in Dublin tonight. And um, Chris, your journey from Salford to Dublin today. I've, I've had a complicated day, Andy. Yes, because I mean, generally it would take, I mean, in layman's terms, not very f-ing long. But we had a slight procedural glitch where you attempted to pass yourself off at passport control as a four year old girl. Well,. I mean, you know, I mean, here's, here's my daughter, her uh, passport photo, looks just like me. Um, sadly, the uh, attendant at the Ryanair check-in didn't agree with that statement. And I don't live near Salford. And four trains later, and an emergency meeting with my wife, where we swapped passports several hundred miles away from where I was supposed to be... And then got another train, and then another flight, and then another taxi. I'm here. <laughs> there we go. This is it. You are. What you are applauding there is a man's painful recovery from his own incompetence. <laughs> so you took your daughter's passport. Yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. I know. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, look. So, so this was our journey today. Yeah, was, was like. It was really simple. Like, so what we were supposed to do was start there, get there, there. <laughs> that was, it was supposed to be so, so easy. And instead, I've gone up and down. I've gone sort of from here to there, then over there a bit a couple of times, then back over here. I've gone past weird places called Style. I've gone through Stratford. I've gone through a weird swamp dick airport. <laughs> and now I'm here. There we go. He's made it... He has made it. Hero. Absolute I'm really sorry. hero. Um. <laughs> On the bugle uh, this week, firstly, representing the entire Southern Hemisphere, all women and people who hate thin-legged pink birds, it's the wonderful Alice Fraser! When she walks, she moves so fast. Hello, 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 buglers. Hello, Andy. How are you all feeling in yourselves morally? 
Uh, I, I, it's been an exciting day. Chris was stopped at Manchester Airport. Andy mentioned that. Uh, he was stopped for identity fraud after trying to pass himself off as a female infant. Uh, you know, most airports are on the lookout for people trying to smuggle children out of the country. I don't think they have management systems in place for adults who are trying to smuggle themselves out of the country disguised as babies. That's a bad disguise, Chris. You didn't even shave. Uh, I mean, I don't recommend it, no. No matter how much you scream and shit yourself, you will never again <laughs> look like a baby. And he did do that quite a lot, to be fair. So, Alice, your first time uh, in Dublin. It is. Uh, it is my first time in Dublin. I'm very excited to be here. My mum was a, a massive uh, Irish fan. She did her uh, master's thesis on, on kind of folk music. And so, basically, what I'm saying is I'm related to someone who respects your culture. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Jewish, so I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, uh, I'm neutral. Um, also joining us today, all the way from Dublin, about ten minutes' walk away, it's the wonderful David O'Doherty! Thank you. It sounds like it's going pretty well. Andy, I don't think it's going well enough to get the European residency you crave, though. <laughs> sure, Poulter and Fleetwood did well enough in the Ryder Cup last week. They can come in. J.K. Rowling, at a push. You and Banksy, still not sure. <laughs> I saw his picture shredding itself last week. I'm like, what does that remind me of? Oh, one of Andy Zaltzman's gigs. <laughs> Surely. Really? What, do, you, do you mean the ticket holders before one of my gigs? <laughs> I mean, he got 1.2 million for doing it. That's what it reminded me of. So, David, I mean, I, I, I left my school. I went to a very, very, uh, very good school in many ways, but it did leave me with certain gaps in my knowledge of the world. For example, well, clearly the entire history of Ireland and the other side of the British Empire. Um, left me with gaps about, for example, how to rewire a plug, how to change the tyres on a car, how to talk to a girl, um, what to do to a girl once I'd talk to it. Um, do, 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 they, do they need feeding? Um, do, do, do they osmose? Um, um, so huge gaps in my knowledge of the world, albeit that I was able to express those gaps in grammatically perfect Latin. So, absolutely. But, so, David, uh, can you, for, my, for, for an ignorant Englishman, please exp- explain a little bit about the history of Ireland. Chris, could you put on a YouTube clip called Irish Music Sad? <laughs> Ireland was founded by footballer Stephen Ireland in 3000 BC. Ireland's indigenous people were the leprechauns, or leprechauns, as nobody's ever called them. But they died out, tragically, owing to the fact that they were all male and never existed. Nothing kills the people off quicker than never having actually existed. Your next major character in Irish history, Andy, is St. Patrick, the patron saint of strangers taking a shit behind the wheelie bin in your front garden. And that is how he is commemorated (laughs) for one day around the world. (laughs) St. Patrick got rid of all the snakes, and so thorough was he, he got rid of any archaeological evidence that there might ever have been snakes on the (laughs) island. (laughs) 
Around the first millennium saw the arrival of the Vikings. And they're so unlike any Scandinavian people I've ever met today. It's like one day they must have woken up and gone, hey, you know, let's not rape and pillage anymore. Let's invent social democracy and Ikea and Lego and aha. <laughs> then nothing happened in Irish history for 600 years till the arrival of Oliver Cromwell in 1649. And he... He absolutely wrecked the place. Although seen as a modernizer in Britain, still seen as that today. In Ireland, he is seen as a genocidal f***head. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> Who caused a population drop-off that some expert put as high as 83%. 83% of the Irish population. Thanks, Cromwell, you barrel of rancid wangers. <laughs> Excuse me if I occasionally visit the British House of Parliament where there is a statue of you to take a shit just in front of it. <laughs> Cromwell was eventually defeated by Conor McGregor at the Battle of Crumlin. <laughs> <laughs> in 18 proper 12. <laughs> With his rallying cry, you'll do nothing, you f***ing prick. <laughs> but McGregor was in turn defeated by Queen Victoria at a bout in Las Vegas where he had motivated her by criticising her family, her nation and her religion. <laughs> Queen Victoria loved Ireland and left us with her greatest legacy, the shop Victoria's Secret on Grafton Street. Short for Victoria's Secret was that she wished she'd, she'd done more to prevent the Irish famine 1845 to 1849. <laughs> this is like shooting fish in a barrel in front of these people. <laughs> Ireland has always loved a craze. From line dancing to yo-yos, from Tamagotchis to Catholicism. <laughs> but they tend to come and go. <laughs> they say you only play this town twice in your career, said the Pope in Dublin on his recent visit. <laughs> Once on the way up. It's great to be back. And the 11 people in the crowd jiggled their rosary beads and shook their little bags. Although nominally a republic, Ireland is still a mystical place ruled over by Enya. <laughs> I've never met Enya, but apparently you can recreate the feeling of meeting her if you put your peen slash lady peen in a Dyson Airblade. <laughs> feel something crazy in the air listening to this podcast that's Irish presidential election mania <laughs> for some reason a reason nobody can quite remember Ireland has a Taoiseach or Prime Minister and a President the President is a non-political role the idea of which is that you do the gigs the Prime Minister doesn't have time to do such as shaking hands at the rugby and apologising for institutional atrocities the Prime Minister has committed <laughs> the runners and riders have assembled for this once every seven years event and what a group there's the incumbent Michael D. Higgins <laughs> tiny wizard poet who negotiated the tricky events of the last seven years with aplomb. He hosted the Queen's first ever visit to Ireland without giving her a wedgie <laughs> and commemorated the centenary of the 1916 Rising without mentioning that he'd love to give the Queen a wedgie. 
Job done. So he should get to do it for another seven years, and everyone wants him to, with the exception of five people. (laughs) The five other candidates who are running for his job. There's no reason to mention the other candidates because you'll never hear of any of them again. (laughs) Suffice to say that most of them, three out of five, have been dragons on Ireland's Dragon's Den. (laughs) And they look like they're only running for president for a prank they lost with one of the lads at the golf club. (laughs) The other two are ladies, and they hate science. (laughs) Michael D. Higgins will definitely win, and he'll have another sweet seven years in front of him, where his main job will be to commemorate the centenary of the War of Independence in in 2019 without giving the Queen a wedgie. and the centenary of the Civil War in 2022 without saying he wants to give Michael Collins slash Eamon de Valera a wedgie. (laughs) See, it's a hundred years, and we're still not over it. (laughs) Oh, Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) Who said comedy can't be educational? No one ever suggests that maybe we form some kind of like political. <laughs> you know, just, the logic seems inescapable now. Has that never been tried? Um, <laughs> oh no, we can't because you hate those bloody Europeans putting their towels out of the, the pool early in the morning. Oh, trying to straighten your bananas. They're not your bananas, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, joining me today, I am very rusty at this. I'm finding it quite, well, simultaneously uh, disconcerting, um, strangely emotional, um, and uh, it's also making me think that I've lost all the skills that I once had. Um, what do I have to do now? Oh, yes, the rest there's, there's of the show. More the rest of the show, yes. So, joining me today to boil the bones of uh, the last week of news into a hopefully digestible stock. Firstly, right here, right now, in person, please welcome, for the first time in a Bugle Live show, Chris Addison! Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Chris. Lashana Tova, happy Rosh Hashanah to you. Uh, absolutely, uh, yes, I've had an awesome uh, Rosh been? Hashanah. It's been sensational. Happy, uh, happy 5782. Oh, yes. It's a hell of a year. What a, what a year. Yes. I was just wondering, and you know, so obviously you're 3,700 years in the future. Yes. What's it like? Uh, well, if everyone here was offered. What was it 5,782? Yeah, yep, 5,782. Would you take a you know, 3,800 year hibernation at this point? I think that is a majority, Chris. You've just had a 20 month hibernation, which you were complaining <laughs> about a enough. second ago. I still haven't tidied my cupboards. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to tidy your cupboards. Um, so, uh, uh, how's your lockdown been? Really good, actually. I had a tremendous lockdown. I put all my money into uh, face masks. <laughs> so I'm wildly rich. I did that suspiciously in October 2019. <laughs> I don't want anyone to read anything into it. Um, uh, yeah, it's been an absolute uh, shit show, same as everybody else. Does anybody actually think they had a good lockdown? Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> In a, 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 a ruling in Texas, uh, well, a ruling in the American Supreme Court by a narrow five to four uh, majority, the uh, a Texas law banning all abortions after six weeks of pregnancy 
go into effect. This is largely the uh, sort of Republican side of the American political seesaw, which is um, you know, a party that doesn't believe in state intervention in people's businesses uh, or in people's um, not being shot by deranged gun-toting lunatics, but does believe in state intervention in, in people's wombs, which... I mean, Alice, do you, I mean, do you think this is... Are, are we misrepresenting this? I mean, it does seem slightly hypocritical. It's such a peculiar law, Andy. I, I don't know if you've looked at the details of the law, but it allows bounties for snitches. Like a weird pro-life video game where you just whack someone who's helping and their coins transfer to you. Bing, 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 bing. But, oh no, then one of those coins was a sperm and you have to quickly gestate your new baby to term and look after it for 18 years, even though you don't know where that coin has been. If your grandmother was right, all coins have been up someone's butthole. Sorry, I got derailed. Look, it's so badly written as a law. You have to assume that they assumed it wouldn't pass. <laughs> it's like, it's very dog who caught the car and then had to figure out how to administer a rule that lets you basically just take $10,000 off someone involved in se helping someone in distress. It's completely incoherent, almost impossible to enforce, unwieldy. It's like if someone just transcribed a drunk uncle's pro-life rant onto a napkin and then slammed it down in front of the Texas legislature and went, this whole thing, before puking into a pot plant. That's basically how the American Constitution was written, isn't it? I'm sure the founding fathers were f***ing It was written in a Frank and Benny's on a Friday night. <laughs> I just want a sane and rational society where everyone gets all their tubes pegged at puberty and then you have to do a test to get a child licence and it's a one-question test which is, do you want to have a child? <laughs> and then they randomly select one social media post you've made and you have to name your child that post in full. <laughs> oh, that would be tricky for me. That means my first child would have been called Die Mother a die. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, DMD Zoltz. <laughs> um, and six weeks is, I mean, that is absurdly early. Isn't it? Before yeah. some people have realised they're pregnant, or at least, you know, certainly come to terms psychologically with the implications of pregnancy on your life, your lifestyle, your responsibilities. I know when, when my wife and I found out that she was pregnant in 2006, well, it took me a good... Well, decade and a half and counting to get my head around it, to be honest. I mean, you mean, if I want to go out and watch sport on my own, I've got to monetize it? What the f***? Um, 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 I mean, uh, Chris, I know you're a massive fan of the brutal inhumality of huge, American huge vested fan. interest politics. What's your... Uh... Well, I, the thing is, my problem with this law <laughs> is that it makes it even more difficult to ask that age-old question, am I in Texas or am I in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Oil in the ground? Check. Large areas of desert? Check. Distinctive headgear? Check. Religious lunatics as standard? Check. Somewhat punchy attitude towards immigration? Check. They're talking, but I can't understand what they're saying? Check. <laughs> Hatred of women masquerading as moral high ground? Check. Really, the only way you can tell now whether you're in Texas or Saudi Arabia is to order some food and see whether it comes with barbecue sauce or hummus. <laughs> And the tigers as well. And the tigers. 
<laughs> lest we forget. <laughs> Look, let's try to take some, some positives from this situation. I realise that that's like saying to somebody who's been wrongfully imprisoned, hey, at least you don't have to pay any bills and the clothes are free. But nobody ever gained by being relentlessly negative, obviously apart from the billionaire owner of the Daily Mail and Jeffrey Boycott. <laughs> but, uh, for a very long time, it's been of huge concern that medical procedures in the United States are ruinously expensive. And to some degree, this law solves that problem. It's particularly American approach to solve the expense of medical procedures by banning medical procedures, but um, it's a little like solving the problem of being overweight by sawing your legs off. But be careful what you wish for, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you don't have to be pro-choice to see that some of the arguments are completely off the rails. My favourite one that I saw recently was the guy who said that if women can't abortions, uh, if women can't get abortions, sorry, they'll be more selective about the men they sleep with and wow. only bang men who they would be happy to have father their children and so all other men will have to step up their game which is such a cute argument from somebody who's never met people before <laughs> i think the problem for the pro-choice movement is in fighting this law is that it's very hard to argue that a six-week-old fetus is non-viable when, by that stage, it has roughly the same mental capacity as a Republican voter. <laughs> the Republican Party, by the way, is technically no longer registered as a political organisation, but a Handmaid's Tale reenactment society. Uh, <laughs> which has the double benefit of allowing them to circumvent rules on donors uh, and make the hoods they bought for their wives tax-deductible. Uh, <laughs> Most decent people believe that you don't really have a right to make laws concerning women's bodies if you don't have a woman's anatomy. But of course, the largely male legislature of Texas was able to get round this on a technicality by being a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> I think the best way to fight this horrific tendency for largely male legislatures to make decisions about women's bodies is for women to say, OK, fine, fine. Well, then you make all the decisions then. The whole thing would very quickly stop if the likes of Texas Governor Greg Abbott were being rung up every two minutes by a woman saying, is this milk off? Or, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just in Nando. Should I go with macho peas or peri-salted chips? <laughs> Greg, hello, sorry to bother you. I was just going to send you something for your birthday and I was wondering, do you think it should be a dog or a cat that I get the turd from? I know plenty of people who are kind, normal people who have feelings about abortion or aren't sure what they think. And to those people, I would say, you're right. It's a really hard ethical position to be in if you think women choosing not to carry a pregnancy is murder from day dot, which is uh, actually what a blastocyst looks like. Uh, but it's a really fascinating trolley problem for philosophy class. And until we can measure the weight of a pending soul, and unless the issue is situated inside your own body, just pretend the unborn child is like collateral damage in a drone strike. Oh, wow. You know, that seems quite comfortably in the realm of quite sad boohoo, none of your business. <laughs> that or throw your pocket money into artificial womb technology and then every unwanted baby can be put, grown in a bag and used to colonise the stars or whatever. <laughs> it's good to have a dream. Uh, um, Amen, brother. But, uh, well, luckily the Satanists are standing up um, against it. Uh, My people. <laughs> um, yes, a satanic temple has um, uh, launched legal action against the, uh, against the ruling. I mean, Chris, you, uh, I don't know, when we were first working together, you were dabbling in... Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, very much so, yeah. The occult. Um, yeah, I'm 74. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Buglers. Producer Chris here. Thank you so much for listening to this and do please come to our live UK and Ireland dates 
even if you live nowhere near either of those places. What a chance to travel it is. The full information for all these episodes is in the show notes, but for the record, they were Bugles 4079, 4083 and 4204. We'll be back with another show just like this, but different next week. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.